has all the knowledge you want. Malik books has all the knowledge you need. Malik books. Yeah, they have all the books that the whole wide world wanna read. Malik books. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Malik's Book Show, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. Hi, my name is Malik, your host of Malik's Bookshelf. I'm revisiting the barbershop talks. That's right, the barbershop talks one-on-one with Brother Aline. And there were times where we were in sync, and there are times when we just had a disagreement. And we share that, well, at least I'm going to share that on this podcast episode. I'm not sure what title I'm going to call but we're going to revisit the Bobby Sharp talks cause, because it's organic and it's just two black men having a conversation. Now, later on, someone came in and they wanted their haircut and they participated. And so especially at a time when me and him was just at a, you know, a distance in terms of our perspective. Listen, I'm also going to feature on this episode a book that just came out by a young man named A.K.A. E.T., but his name is Dr. Eric Thomas. I don't think he'd like to go by Doc, but he got his PhD. Eric Thomas, he, uh, he wrote a book called U.O.U. So I'm going to feature a book review on that. And I think that's going to be enough for this particular episode because the barbershop talk, instead of me chopping it up, I'm bringing the whole conversation. All right. So stay tuned for this episode, 51st episode of Malik's Bookshelf. Barbershop Talk debate is about to begin and I got to do a public service announcement. Why? Because I'm going to pre-warn you right now. This right here is a debate. It's heated. It's passionate. It got a lot of energy. And hey, I'm just warning you up front that it might not be something that, you know, because sometimes we having a dialogue and then sometimes having a monologue. (laughs) All right. So it is what it is. We brothers, we love each other, but hey, we have a disagreement and I'm about to air this Bobby shop talk. So I hope you enjoy it. I, know, I never know when you're going to drop bombs when I'm in the chair, so I got to, you know, put the recorder on. I'm, I'm at the Bobby shot again. <laughs> I got to make sure I get it because my brother be dropping bombs. I got to make sure. I got to make sure that it's recorded, man, for the audience because it's raw. It's real. It's community. It's social. It's culture. Talk to me, man. Finish your point. Yeah. They want our people to think that they're black, Negro colors, all of these name brands, not nationality, name brand that Congress came up to brand us with to keep us trapped under a what they call a, a, a corporate status system so they can have jurisdiction over you to tell you what so, to do and what you can't do. So, so you wrestle with the term black people identify themselves as black people? Of course I do. Why? Because black is an adjective, it's not a noun, according to the English system. The English system that operates under, that this country operates under. You know what I'm saying? The language system that the courts operate under, which is Latin. All but don't more mean black? Huh? Don't more mean black? No, sir, more don't mean black. That, it that, doesn't mean Morocco? No, it don't mean Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> No, it don't, man. The word, the word more also goes all the way back to the ancient, one of the first empires on this planet, 
back in Arabia, what they call a so-called black civilization empire. But what does the meaning mean? Called the Amuru Empire. And what does the word mean? Well, in the ancient language, the 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 M is is called the Mim, and it mean or a Mu, and it's represented in ancient hieroglyphs as a wave of water. So it represents motion. It represents the move and flowment of things. That's why the letter M today, the like if you look at the ancient letter M, it's like a it's like a squiggly line that looks like you know a wave of water, and then they shorten it to make it look like how the M looks today. Now the R represents the sun, Ra, and, and it represents the eye of God. It represents knowledge. So it represents one who flows with knowledge through his system. He re- it, it, it was the title of the high priest back in ancient Kemet and back in ancient Arabia among the Amuru Empire and in ancient Kemet. So this is all in the hieroglyphics of the word more. It's been here for a long time. It's nothing new. Okay, but did not the people identify themselves being the original people of the of the planet Earth? And didn't and didn't they identify themselves as also being dark and being coming out of triple triple darkness? And then and then what words should they use to describe? Because words like Berber, Kemet, all of these words mean black. Nah, the word Berber means a barbarian. That that that's a Greek word, barbario. That come from, uh, I mean, not a group. Well, what, what, what I'm saying is that, okay, the the the, but, but the Africans people, didn't call themselves Berber. The, the Europeans the called them Berber the because they were black. The people had indigenous names to their tribe. They was named the names of the people of the tribe was named after the original, the originator of that tribe. You well, see what, what I'm saying? Right, but what I'm trying to say, what I'm what I'm trying to get back is because we talk about the word Berber, the Europeans referred to us as that barbarians, barbarians. savages. So, but it also means that black, that black savage, that black barbarian. That because ain't what we call ourselves. Though. No, no. But what I'm saying, the word Berber means black, just like it the word black. It means but, barbarian. But it also means. They, they just applied it. They just it to black. They just applied it to Yeah, yeah. Because, 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 but see, hold on. The Romans, they didn't call, the Romans called the European savages barbarians. They called the blacks in Africa savages, but they called them Berber because they were black. So the word black was always meant to be part of that, not just us being a savage, but, not but, us but, being. But, 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 but once again, brother, going back to the question you asked, what did we call ourselves? You going by what somebody else forced upon us? So you that's like that's like what you're doing right now. That's like you saying, well, we're niggers because they called us niggers. No, we never called ourselves nigga. We adopted that today because that was forced upon us and ingrained in us but, all these years. But, you, but that wasn't our. But black plan. black folks always around ancient times referred to themselves as black people. How do you know that? I never read historically. That in the book. It's there. No, there are a lot no, of indigenous no, words no, 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 that look, describe look, This is like this. did look, we? Did look, the look, black look. man call the earth a name? Like he named planets in the solar system? Look, look, did look, the black look, man look, name look, every animal on the planet? Brother. Did the black man know that he was black? Why did he paint pictures all in? pyramids as being black brother if we if they didn't identify themselves as black people brother, back to you got to describe yourself brother, back to the point people called themselves you read any dictionary you read any ancient literature they didn't call themselves by crayon colored brother what's wrong with being identified being black because the word black is an adjective 
brother Ben. Black, black, black is black is not a color. Black is the essence of life, brother. Black is the essence of all colors. Black is not a color. It's the root. Hold on, brother. It's first. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to help you understand where I'm coming from, but you trying to explain me something after you ask me a question. Brother, you can't even so give me the color of the universe. You, gonna you can't give me the color of the universe. Brother, that ain't what we talking move about. Move all the suns, move all the stars out. Brother, what color is it? What color is it? What color is it? What color are you? Brother, I'm the original Answer. man. I'm black. What I'm, color? I'm black, brother. If I ask my child to I'm come black. here right now, I'm he'll black. tell you with a crayon, your skin is brown. Brother, I'm the black man. Like I'm a black man. Brother, first. Why do you have a problem being identified as a black man? But I just told you why. Why? I just told why? you why. Why? I just told you why. So, brother, you talking about complexion, all right? The color of my brother, complexion. Ask me about all right? Politics, I'm talking man. about identity. Oh, excuse me. Not complexion, me brother. And I said, the reason brother why Ali, I, I said let's the just call it. Because, brother, don't man. Use I, I said, the reason why I don't use <laughs> I don't have a problem. Said, we are black people, on, brother, yeah. and we live all over the planet. We are black people, and we live all over the planet, brother. Black is not, black is not a color at all. Go ahead. We've been taught, brother, and all the science of this world, all right, have identified humans in a classification. Whether we agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. The point is we got to get understanding at the end of the day, how do we identify with original people born in America, Britain, um, Africa, Sweden, Germany, Brazil, all right, how do we connect? Because we still of all of the original people, all right? So when he asked me why don't I identify black, I said, according to the English system. I said, I'm not talking about how do we ancient people viewed it. I said, according to this system that we operate under. This system in America operates under what is called, a, called civil law. Civil law is known as Roman law. Roman law is based upon their religious creeds that come out of the Vatican. Therefore, when you operate under Roman law and you using words like black and what have you under their system, that puts you under a certain category for them to have jurisdiction over you to do this and to do that to okay. you and to deprive you of your rights. That's why I said I don't use it. I said I'm not talking about how we view ourselves anciently religiously, how he said the stuff he's talking about. I, I, I told him, I understand all of that. So, 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 so Why does he have about, a problem so with identifying as a black man? So, when we were talking about politics, I was saying based upon how politics is used on us and based upon the, 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 the caste name system that Congress came up with, like calling us African-Americans, Negro, black, color, all these years it changed. So when we adopt these for ourselves, that allows the United States government to enforce unjust for, laws on us. Let me take the floor, brother. Subject. Let me take the floor. He hold, hold identify on. yourself as a black man. That's the question. Because as a nationality, I'm a more, and my skin is not black. Okay, can it's I answer now? The so therefore, they have indigenous names. People don't okay. call themselves okay. the okay. green, yellow, black, whatever. People have names of their tribe and that was passed through their but, family. Wait, can I take you the floor? How do you identify yourself again? I say I'm a Moor. Okay. And I say I'm a black man, and I'm going to tell you why. 
And I'm going to tell you I'm why. I'm saying I'm a black man, and i tell you why, brother. Because I use that term to identify with every black person on this planet. That's what makes us, regardless of where you're born on this planet. Just like Malcolm said, if a chicken was born in an oven, it don't mean there's a biscuit. The fact that we're born all over this planet, brother, we have to have something that we can connect with each other. Not nationality, not continent, but black. And let me tell you something. Back in the uh, 60s, all right, it took a long time. And in, in, in all these words are political. Calling us a Negro was a political word. But the word black, yeah, is po political. And the white man worked hard to move us away from identifying as black and move us to African-American because it's political. The thing is, the white man didn't give us, didn't want us calling ourselves black. The white man was happy us going around calling us the so-called Negro. That's what in the 60s. Elijah Muhammad worked hard, diligently, and long in sleepless nights, the movers away were identifying ourselves being called Negro. He said the so-called Negro. When he wrote the message to the black man, it's called the message to the black man. Why? Because God told him to identify with ourselves as being black men and not Negroes and not Moors or not any other na name that we identified ourselves with in this world. He wanted us to unite ourselves with seeing ourselves. So the white man didn't give us the word black. He never wanted to identify ourselves as being black. In fact, he worked hard to get us away. When the movement came out in the 60s and 70s, I'm black and I'm proud. I'm black and I'm proud. All of that. Well, you know, all the music, all the culture. And we was talking earlier about how music was, you know, it's different today. But back then it was very uplifting, motivation, and it was used in a way. James Brown made black and I'm, I'm black and I'm proud popular. These are the things that, and, and that, that helped us to identify ourselves differently today. So why I love being called a black man is because, brother, it's the only thing. It doesn't mean by color. All right. Black is the root and essence of all life. Life on this planet didn't start, brother. With on this planet. Life came from space. This planet grew over trillions and trillions of years, and life was still here. Life was here before there was a sun, before there was a moon. So life, triple, triple darkness. So what do you believe? Do you believe God created the earth, or do you believe the man revolved over evolution? Brother, you have both. If evolution means to evolve, to change, but then you also have creation, which is the power to bring it to existence, all right? So we're a combination of both. Once you create it, you got to evolve. We, are, we came from space. We didn't, life didn't start on the planet Earth. Life didn't start when we had a sun in the, in the star. Life came from space. It comes out of triple darkness. It comes when you can form with a molecule of water, brother. Well, what happened to the biblical sense where God works six days and rests? Metaphorical allegories. It's, in fact, you know, this Earth is older than 6,000 years. People are older than 6,000 years. I, I think that with all that getting, you got to get understanding. You know, when we study, you know, we have to study to show ourselves approved. And what's happening is a lot of things we're taught is fairy tales, brother. It's not scientific. We got to get back to the science and root of things. If we want to rule this world, we got to think mathematically and scientifically, not emotionally. This whole conversation, a lot had to do with emotion. Everything he was saying and what I was saying, some of it was emotion. But if we want to get to, you know, the heart of what makes sense, that's why I said, what do you want to be called? And why is that important? Because we was given a term called the black man in order to help us connect with each other because we're divided into tribes. And what the white man did, the Anglo and the Saxon in Britain, he united the tribe and then they conquered the world. 
So they went from tribal to national to global. We got to think bigger than the way we thinking. And if we want to move forward, we can argue later on about certain things, but we need a term that's going to unite us. See, and I say, I'm not black because of the color of my skin. I'm black because I'm the original people of the planet Earth. I'm first. My DNA go back to the first life on the planet. It don't have nothing to do with the color of my skin. That's why I said, but how hot is hot? So this argument was primarily based on what, as black men, we should call ourselves. Whether we should be black, Afro-American, Negro, so you prefer to be recognized as a black man. Absolutely. Unapologetically, I'm a black man. Amen. And that's why we're persecuted in America. That's why we're killed and, and oppressed because... We're black, the original people, not necessarily color of your skin because they oppress you, brother. If you was if you was a white man on this planet, they come up against this world, brother. So we're going through all that all that negativity about the the description or the definition of black and uphold the standard that we all know that God created a black man. Black people are the first people of the planet Earth. All other races are nothing but our descendants. And they say that he created the man in the image of him, so God must be black. Absolutely, brother. The, mm -hmm. You know, if, if you refer to God as an entity or a life form, all right, then you're referring to him as being a black because all the descriptions of God in ancient times refer to him as black. In Buddha, he was black. In ancient Egypt, he was black. Fact. You know, all of these cultures historically and anciently refer to God being black. And the black man referred to himself as God. We over have gotten here. away from him. When you talk South about raw. Right over here in South Central. <laughs> <laughs> in the morning, on the Monday morning, we got the brothers in here and we debating on what we should call ourselves. Are we black? Are we Negro? Are we indigenous? <laughs> are, we, are we Hebrew? Which one are we? I always like to say I'm a product of God, regardless what you want to call me. Woo-wee! Man, that was a debate. You know what? And that's going to be my title for this debate here at the Bobby Shop Talks. I'm calling it I Am Black. Because this topic today was about identity. And we got into a spirited debate and sometimes we cut each other off, but it was all in good taste. I hope you enjoy this debate at the Bobby Shop Talks. But I think the perfect title for this podcast episode is I Am Black. Hey, look, that's another side of Malik. Sometimes, you know, you don't see. And today... You know, I'm very passionate. I have a lot of energy and I have a strong belief in terms of identity. And I'm very comfortable with being called black. And we had a spirit of debate. He disagreed with me and he's entitled to have his, you know, disagreement. So, hey, we had a debate in the Bobby shop. That's all it was about. After that, we embraced each other, hugged each other, and we still brothers. But, hey. I gotta agree to disagree. You know, I'm very comfortable with being identified as a black man, you know, in America. 
And I think that that's a word that's unifying and very important for us to see ourselves, not based on some crown color, but based on the essence and root of life itself as the mother and fathers of humanity. So that's my take on this. I hope you enjoyed it. You owe you. That's going to be my book review. You owe you by Eric Thomas. Well, I should say PhD Eric Thomas. Listen, he's a part coach, part preacher, all grind. He has high energy. He's one of the world's best known motivational speakers. Listen, this guy ET, when I first heard him speak, I said, this guy has to be anointed by God because you don't you're not able to have that impact on the soul of people unless you are blessed with that kind of gift. Now, did he know he had that gift? No, he had discovered it when he worked all day and all night in his basement, in his, you know, his room working and perfecting, you know, little subtitles and motivational segments for YouTube. But he did it with a passion. He did it with high energy. This guy turned his life around. Like many of us, we, you know, we bounce off walls till we find our way. You know, he had to, had to find his way. He's been invited to 500 fortune companies. He's been, you know, sought out all over the world for motivation. The guy is gifted. In term, but I believe he believes what he's saying. That's the key. And he comes off with passion. Well, anyway, his new book, You Owe You, Ignite Your Power, Your Purpose, and Your Way by Eric Thomas, Ph.D. Listen, let me tell you something about this book. You owe it to yourself to recognize your gifts, your power, and your place in this world, no matter your story or your struggle. And listen, everybody got a story. Everybody got a struggle. And unless you tell it, it won't be told. Unless you share it, it won't be heard. So listen, everyone has a story. Everyone has a struggle. And in that process, you can discover who you are and your gift because you owe you. If you feel like success is for others, that only certain people get to have their dreams fulfilled, Eric Thomas, you owe you is your wake up call. His urgent message to stop waiting for inspiration to strike and take control of your life is one he wishes someone had given him when he was a teenager, lost, homeless, failing in school and dealing with the challenges of being a young black man in America. Once he was able to break free from thinking of himself as a victim and truly understanding his strength, he switched the script. And now with this book. You owe you, Thomas reveals how you, too, can rewrite your life script. Eric Thomas' secrets of success have already helped hundreds of thousands on this journey. Well, this book is a guide to show you how to start today, right now. How to change your life and discover your gifts, your power, and your place in this world. No matter what your story or your struggle, you owe you. By Eric Thomas, Ph.D.
Pick up your copy at MalikBooks.com or wherever books are sold. Hi, I'm going to fill at least one question from Malik's mailbag. Now, remember, you can email me. Email is always open 24-7 now. It's called, the email is realmalikmohammed at gmail.com. That's right, realmalikmohammed at gmail.com. So email me a question, and I'll try to answer it on my podcast. Well, this question is, hi, my name is John Black. I have been listening to your podcast for the last three months. You have such a wide range of topics. Every week, I can expect a unique and original topic. How do you choose your topics? That's an excellent question. And there's no one single way I can answer that because it comes from the gut. Sometimes I just get inspiration by being at a place uh, out with my family or at an event or I get an idea from someone walking into the store. None of this is pre-script. I personally like the organic topics that just come just because of the moment. I find that more, you know, original. And it just comes across as being, you know, real. And so, um, there's, like I said, there's no one way. I, um, you know, look for ideas all the time and usually nothing happens. But when I'm not looking, they come. And you know, like this last episode, this episode is about I am black. Well, how did that happen? I got in a debate and went in at the Bobby shop and he had a problem with my friend had a problem with it being identified with being black. Hey, it spread into a debate. Well, that's how it happens. You know, I just, you know, if nothing is primarily pre pre-planned. If I'm doing a book event at the store, I'm interviewing you on the spot. You know, that's how I got Spike Lee, Terry Crews, Garcelle, um, who else? Uh, Tabitha Brown, uh, Kevin Fredericks, um, and his wife, and many others. It's all on the spot. Uh, but like I say, most of this is not scripted. <laughs> I don't write out questions. Um, it's just original, and it's real. And that's how I come up with my topics. And I hope you continue to listen and tell your family and friends to tune in to Malik's Bookshelf, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. Since I answered that question in a timely manner, let's move on to one more. My name is Sylvia Johnson. Your last episode on fasting was very interesting. I am not sure I agree with everything, but... Certainly some things made good sense and relatable. You mentioned eliminating meals. Well, can you explain more in depth about eliminating meals and how it affects your aging? This is really a subject matter for my last guest, Walter Malik Dajin, but he's not here to answer, so I'm going to do my best. Hey, hey, the reason why Eliminating meals help you in terms of health-wise and the aging process is because all food that we eat has waste. Every time you eat something, your body has to eliminate something. Every time you um, eat anything, whether it's an apple, a banana, I mean, those are natural and healthy. But yet, you have to eliminate something out of your body, and that is waste. 
And that waste your body cannot use. Your body only wants nutrients so that it can do it what it's supposed to do in terms of, you know, repairing you and growing and so forth. But anything that's toxic, the body wants to eliminate. So when you eating food, understand you also eating poison to the body. You cannot eat an apple without poisoning the body and having waste. So that waste in your body is toxic to your body. And it, and it affects your body in a way that it causes aging. Now, my understanding is that the quickest way to age is to eat meat. Eating flesh. A lot of people, oh, yo, you know, we was born to eat meat. Well, it's a lot of scientists that just disagree with you based upon our anatomy. And the science of today and the technology of the day is selling all arguments. And as a result, it has been scientifically proved that human beings are not animal eaters. And that we can get protein based upon the way our intestines are set up through plants, beans, and, and, and natural things. Not animals. But animals and the waste and the toxicity in the blood. You know, because when you eat an animal and they kill it, you can you you digesting its emotions as well as in the blood. But anyway, apparently eating meat is the fastest way to cause your cells to age now there's a lot of scientists out here and a lot of books hey all you gotta do is just pick up one but all i'm doing is just telling you that hey everything that we eat has waste and so when you eat less then you have less toxicity going into what your body so the cells are not as damaged and you're able to stress your cells and as a result aging is slowed dramatically by eating less so that's how the best way to stretch your cells is not just working out running lifting weight but the, but it's what starving it all right because that's one of the number one urges that we have hunger so that's all i can say about that thank you for your question now hey if you got a question email real malik muhammad at gmail.com real malik muhammad at gmail.com thank you thanks for listening to malik's bookshelf where topics on the shelf are books culture and community be sure to subscribe and leave me a review check out my instagram at malik books see you next time